My name is Chris Charbonneau, and I'm the host of the Fall of Roe podcast. I'm a 40-year veteran of the pro-choice movement. I have been the CEO of Planned Parenthoods in seven different states and have decades of experience in the pro-choice realm. This is an unapologetically pro-choice podcast. We are going to talk about the disaster that is the unfolding dismantling of the Roe standard across the United States, creating 50 states worth of patchwork laws, the danger that that poses to anyone of reproductive age and all of us who love them. We need to figure out how we as a collective are going to get through this, change this situation, give ourselves some hope and get back to sanity in this country. Hello, this is Chris Charbonneau, and I'm the host of the Fall of Roe podcast, and I am doing another in my series of the states of Roe. Today, I have taken up the state of Indiana. I have a lot of experience in working in the state of Indiana when I was running the Planned Parenthood there, and uh, the people of Indiana are close to my heart as a result, and absolutely horrific what the legislature did to the folks in, in Indiana. I happen to know as a result of having polled in Indiana that if Indiana were to do a referendum on this and ask for a vote of the people, that Indiana would vote down what they are doing with abortion rights, just like the good people of Kansas did. And so it is incredibly unfortunate that Indiana broke all speed records to make abortion illegal and inaccessible for folks as fast as they could. They were the first state to get their ban done. And even though it is still being argued about and is going to court for some challenges, what is in place today makes Indiana unsafe. I'm calling Indiana unsafe for women being pregnant, women, girls, and uh, anyone with a uterus who finds themselves pregnant. Governor Eric Holcomb, a Republican, was crowing about what he had done in a, quote, carefully negotiated ruling that that allows only for the most moderate of exceptions. So an example of that is if you've been raped or you're the victim of incest, you only have to 10 weeks from your last uh, menstrual period to claim that and get an abortion. Unclear who's going to be able to provide it for you, because I think that the medical providers in this state would be massively concerned with the penalties that have been assigned to this, specifically felony charges and jail time, where people to be found on the wrong side of those lines. And so basically, um, one wonders how you might have a very young incest victim you know, making a claim for having been assaulted, although incest isn't listed as one of the exceptions, I think it's quite clear that incest is also rape. But in any case, how you would claim that, make your legal reports to the police and get yourself taken care of in such a very short amount of time. So it's clear that it's not a serious effort to create any kind of window for people in disastrous circumstances. Certainly nothing about this talks about not having to carry a fetus incompatible with life or any of that. It basically uh, protects the life and the physical health of the woman, although we have seen in a lot of cases that those calls are very difficult to make. 
and medical facilities send a woman home to get sicker before they can help her, say with a fetus that's died in utero. And then by the time she comes back, she's septic and goes into shock and dies. So we're already seeing dead women from these policies, and uh, it's absolutely appalling. We knew that this was going to be a place where the politicians did performative pandering to their bases about uh, how anti-choice they are. And Governor Holcomb is certainly one of those, exceeded only by Attorney General Todd Rokita, who took after a doctor, a very highly respected doctor in Indiana, Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who performed the abortion on the 10-year-old rape victim who was sent from Ohio because Ohio's ban had already gone into effect and Indiana's had not. And so Dr. Bernard saved that little girl's life. And the thanks she got for saving that little girl's life was that hack and and poser Todd Rakita, the attorney general of the state of Indiana, made claims that Dr. Bernard was an activist, he said sneeringly, and that she had, he falsely reported that she was sloppy about her paperwork. And I would just like to explain to all of you how absolutely ridiculous those charges are. First of all, there's no paperwork in Indiana that requires a provider to get permission from a state to do a procedure. It isn't the kind of paperwork that you file in order to say they've met these criteria, um, therefore we think we can do it. Can we, state of Indiana? That's not how it works. The paperwork that's filed in Indiana is purely about compliance with the state law. It's a, a series of boxes that one checks. And a doctor like Dr. Bernard would have signed on the bottom. And in fact, she did. And that those are collected in batches and then get sent in to the state. And the state has no right to expect those to come in real time. And I suspect the only reason he accused Dr. Bernard of not having filed um, paperwork is that Todd Rakita was embarrassed that he attempted to lie his way out of the story about the 10-year-old and was caught flat-footed in doing it because, indeed, the state of Indiana brought, or the state of Ohio, rather, brought up the Ohio man who had raped this young girl for rape charges shortly after he and Fox News and all the other right-wing media outlets had claimed that, in fact, this was all likely an invented story and it never happened and it was just brought up to make them look bad as they attempt to take away the rights of women and girls across the nation. And, in fact, this story was every bit as bad as it seemed. And the only thing for a poser like Todd Rakita to do at that point is pretend that, you know, something was wrong with the doctor. Well, nothing was wrong with the doctor and nothing was wrong with the doctor's compliance paperwork. And nothing's ever been wrong with the doctor's compliance paperwork. I know that because I was responsible at one point for making sure that um, any results that came from those evaluations, you know, that we got 100 percent on our our recordings and and that you know, other employers of Dr. Bernard also did. And there wasn't anything wrong with our paperwork. Never was. Dr. Bernard is not more of an activist than anyone else who cares deeply about these issues. She doesn't speak at political rallies. 
and that kind of thing. I did that kind of thing. She did not. We don't put doctors up in front of political rallies for the very good reason that they have full-time jobs doing this work, needing to take care of people. And there are a lot of other people who can speak at rallies and it doesn't need to be doctors. So the whole thing was an invented sham by Todd Rakita, probably to rise his star of his political career. And so the good people of Indiana need to know that they are being represented in their attorney general by somebody who uh, is willing to say absolutely everything, never mind the truth, to make themselves look good, make themselves look like they're uh, delivering an extremist group of people what they wanted and set the trolls of Fox and Newsmax and OANN onto a doctor who is highly respected and who did nothing but take the best care of somebody in her care that we would all want doctors to take care of. I mean, does anyone really want a 10-year-old to bear a rapist's child? I mean, the chances of a 10-year-old surviving something like that are not great. So I think we ought to be on our knees grateful for Dr. Bernard and the other people who serve people in those horrific situations and shame on the governor and the attorney general of the state of Indiana for turning this into an absolute political nightmare for anybody who works there. And Indiana is now no longer safe for people and their reproductive health care. Eli Lilly Corporation and the Cummings Corporation, two of the biggest employers in Indiana, have expressed their dismay about it and have said if they do any expansion of their companies, they're certainly not doing it in Indiana. I just do not know how those companies and others will retain their top level talent in a place that insists on being a backwater of policy. Nobody who loves their family would make a move to move into a situation where you could be bleeding to death um, with no one able to help you because of self-inflicted wounds of the policy of the state. So Indiana is going to uh, continue to see if there's any light of day that can come from the Indiana Supreme Court case. And we're waiting to hear what the court says about that. But for now, I need to mark Indiana unsafe people. You'd be best served to find your way to Illinois. Once again, you can find out where to go on abortionfinder.org. You can get funding advice through the National Abortion Funding Network. And please take care of yourselves. We'll hope that we see better days after some of these Supreme Court decisions finally make their way all the way through. One last note, the Planned Parenthood in Indiana has a special fund, a legal defense fund for Dr. Bernard and other doctors that come under this kind of fire. I really urge you to consider giving to that because people like Dr. Bernard stand up for all of us. Thank you for listening, friends. This is Chris Charbonneau. It's been my pleasure to host this broadcast for you today. And if you'd like to hear more, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and give us a five-star review. If you'd like to connect with me in some way, please go to fallofrow.com for information. Thank you.